Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. And for all the strides we've made trying to open up this industry to a more diverse array of talent, the world of STEM is still very homogeneous. Setting aside the moral concerns, it just doesn't make sense statistically to exclude such a large percentage of the population. Similar to how removing baseball's color barrier opened up the talent pool dramatically, the same could apply for a more diverse engineering sector. We've heard a ton of suggestions for how to achieve that, and Advanced Energy has taken the initiative with a 2022 scholarship program, which uh, strives to promote uh, diversity in STEM. And on the line to discuss that is Randy Heckman, Chief Technology Officer at Advanced Energy. So, Randy, thanks for joining us, and let's start from the beginning. Why do you suppose STEM is one of the least diverse disciplines? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, this is... um you know, this is an interesting problem that we've been trying to wrap our head around as well. You know, a recent study uh, that we've kind of uh, got from KLA it highlights many different barriers. Uh, but one of the biggest ones that was highlighted was just the lack of, of uh, role models, the lack of role models for many of, these, uh, uh, many of these diverse groups. You know, this week we're seeing the Olympics in action. You know, it's always fun when you see a standout athlete from an underrepresented country and then kind of what follows since then. And I'll, I'll go, you know, many, many Olympics ago, decades ago, the world witnessed Nadia Comaneci. I think this was in, in 76, a young Romanian gymnast who got perfect score, captured gold. And what was kind of fun was outside of that event, what was 10 years, a, a generation later, out cropped a, uh, you know, a, a collection of, of young women from Romania, and they became a powerhouse fueled primarily from the idea that, you know, they saw an example, they saw a role model, and they said, you know, I can do this too. You know, today minority groups are just vastly underrepresented in this industry uh, because of these kind of barriers, and we need to seek ways to try to break these down. You know, for example, women, I think, as you mentioned, right, they continue to be underrepresented in the field. Uh, They they, they, uh, constitute only about 15% of the current engineering workforce, and, you know, for, for even further headwinds to this, you know, two-thirds of them uh, as students say that, they lack, that the lack of women in STEM careers is, is a challenge for them as they, as they uh, want to continue to pursue, you know, what's largely been their interests. You know, outside of that, we, we, were, we were looking at just the Pew Research Center report and noted that black workers, for example, which comprise about 11% of total employment across all occupations, only 5% of those uh, found their home in engineering. For Hispanic workers, it's about 17% across all occupations, though only 9% of those have, uh, have found a home in the engineering workforce. So this is something that just, it, it, you know, we, we try to figure out how do, we, how do we put our arms around this. And one solution to address the underrepresentation of minority groups is simply to expand the talent pipeline and allow students from each of these groups to explore opportunities in STEM. Right, and, and I had heard that uh, like a huge percentage of uh, female STEM students who start out their journey in that direction actually end up dropping it while in college. They don't even get to the finish line. That, that's a problem in itself. But uh, what's been already tried to open up STEM, other than Advanced Energy's latest initiative, what are some of the programs and efforts that you particularly liked? You know, actually, I, I, I'm most encouraged by what I see from what many of the universities have done to take the lead in this. 
You know, for example, in uh, IEEE Power Electronics, this is the Society of Women in Engineering. You know, it's a network of over, what, 22,000 IEEE members and volunteers. You know, at, at the upcoming APEC um, this year, uh, the, the uh, you know, Women in Engineering will hold a networking event to foster discussions around the experience of underrepresented groups in engineering and really how to support women that have these interests. You know, some universities are offering programs to high school juniors and seniors that just to participate in a week-long summer event that shows them what the engineering experience is like. You know, I, I've, I've actually got two daughters. Both of them are engineers. Uh, one of them got hooked by such an event for aspiring women engineers that was being offered at Purdue a number of years back. And that was, that was just a fun activity for her. One, one of our partner universities, this is Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, uh, they developed a range of programs that increase the number of diversity of students entering engineering prog uh, programs. Uh, and because of these supportive programs and communities, a graduation rate gap at Cal Poly in particular for students that have been traditionally underrepresented has decreased 30%, while the graduation gap for Pell-eligible students has been cut in half. So it, we, we've also seen some ec excellent examples outside of universities, for example, in, um, in, in one of AE's largest uh, semiconductor OEM uh, customers. You know, they've made diversity, equity, and inclusion a core value. And some of this just kind of helps you break a little bit out of the muscle memory, knowing that these are the right things to do, and it actually helps infuse innovation. And, but, you know, but, but you need to make it uh, explicit. You know, so there's numerous, effort, numerous efforts to expand that pipeline and support diverse STEM candidates. So anyway, these are just a couple of examples that come top to mind, but uh, I'm really encouraged to see how we're starting to see more of the in industry opportunities open up. Right, right. Now, um, so how many recipients will there be of the uh, scholarship, and uh, what will they receive exactly? Maybe if you could give more information about the actual scholarship program. Sure. Well, let me let me start off by um, you know, by saying I think this is essential. Uh, it's essential for us as a growing business, as a technology focused company. You know, frankly, you know, we we're going after this because it's about it's about talent and talent development. We want the best. We want to promote an innovative and entrepreneurial focused environment. And to do that, I believe it's absolutely essential that we integrate together the unique thoughts, perspectives, ideas that come from a richly diverse workforce. Um, you know, so we've, we've highlighted STEM diversity scholarship program. We do have four uh, recipients for 2022. We actually started this program last year in 2021, where we also had uh, four recipients at that time. Um, you know, so our focus really is to, um, to, to fill the industry pipeline with qualified talent so that it cultivates our new perspectives and help drive uh, technological innovations that positively impact our society. So, so these are things that I think we're, we're excited about. This scholarship um, will also be provided for the four recipients. So they will each receive a $20,000 grant towards tuition. And other benefits include uh, professional mentoring. Uh, you know, we work with the university as well as the student. We see it as a partnership between company, university, and student. And we want them to get the best experience out of this. Um, and, you know, selfishly, if we can, if we can find 
you know, talent uh, through this, this is really what we see is, is a huge opportunity. So that's why we're so excited about the program. Definitely. Well, um, as I understand it, the, the deadline was extended. So um, that said, what, what are the eligibility requirements and uh, when will you announce the winners? Sure. So first of all, we're currently accepting applications. You're right. We've, we've extended this. This was supposed to be, I think, uh, mid this month and we've, We've wanted to push this out further to the end of the month. It's, you know, we're accepting applications from undergraduate and postgraduate students. And specifically, these are those that are enrolled in seven partner universities. And, and we've done this. We've got four major development centers in the U.S. And so I try to get a couple of partner local schools that are in close proximity to those. So we've got a, a large northern um, Colorado presence, and so we are partnering with uh, Colorado State University in Fort Collins and the University of Colorado in Boulder. Uh, for our Bay Area Design Center, uh, we've been partnering with uh, Cal Poly out of San Luis Obispo and then San Jose State University. We've got another design center uh, outside of Minneapolis in Eden Prairie, and so the University of Minnesota is, a, is an excellent feeder school that we're partnering with there. And then we've got two design centers, one in Long Island, one in upstate New York, both in New York. And we're partnering with the University at Buffalo as well as Rochester Institute of Technology. So we're looking specifically for students out of these schools. Now, we are still taking uh, interns, you know, throughout. But I think it's also really important if we can take the investment in some, some of our local universities, we can start to build that rapport and build that trust and people can kind of see what the impact is as more and more people um, you know, work through this type of program with AE. We're also uh, looking at specific areas of study. You know, we are a innovation company, a power electronics company. So without, uh, without surprise, many of these areas, they include power electronics design, RF electronics, system design, signal processing, control systems, uh, because of some of our customers, we've got plasma physics and material science as use cases, um, but also mechanical engineering and thermal management. So really the focus areas that we're looking at in STEM. Uh, the, the applicants must maintain a 3.25 GPA or higher. And uh, as you stated, the, the um, application deadline, we moved out to the end of February because a couple of these target universities are, uh, are new uh, for this year and we want to give them plenty of time to get the word out. So we will be interviewing um, finalists and, and, and uh, interview applicants through the month of March, and uh, we, we plan to announce the uh, recipients, the winners for these four scholarships uh, sometime in April. Excellent. Well, that's good info. Uh, thanks, Randy. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy, and have a great day.